Hello, Sunshine, and welcome to a special edition of the State of the Union podcast. We have ourselves another interview with another interesting uh, guest, the great David Ochoa from Real Salt Lake, the starting goalkeeper, and for my money, uh, one uh, of the stars of the league in the way that he plays in goal, but also his incredible personality. Uh, he has been a U.S. youth national teamer. He has played with the United States uh, Olympic qualifying team. And then he made his one-time switch to uh, represent Mexico. And we're going to talk with him about that. So welcome into the State of the Union. David, how are you? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Well, you look glorious. Uh, for people that are listening, you can't see it, but there is this incredibly statuesque and gigantic video uh, board that we have him up there, like this Rushmore effect. Your hair looks great. Your uh, facial hair looks uh, wonderful. Now, you have been injured at the beginning of this season. First and foremost, how is your body and when can we expect to see you back on the soccer field? Yeah, no, my body's getting one day better. Um, I'm feeling stronger every day. Um, and hopefully uh, I can start, start training and in a, in a week or two and then get back on the pitch whenever whenever Pablo thinks it's right. So it's, it's, getting, it's getting close. All right. What do you attribute the fast start and the successful start of your RSL team uh, this year? It's wonderful to see, obviously, full-time coach now, uh, Pablo Mastriani and everything that's going on there. I know you're at, on the outside kind of looking at it here, but maybe that gives you an interesting vantage point. So what do you think's happening over there? What's in the water? No, I mean, I think the locker room is just, it's just really good right now. Um, we're coming from a, from a really good season last year. Um, we we um, proved a lot of people wrong. They, they didn't have us going as far as we did. Um, so, you know, this year, we all, we're all just really listening to Pablo. Um, we, all, we all trust him. We, we all, you know, you know, we all love playing for him. And I, and I think that's, that's kind of the factor right now. Um, the locker room's good. Everyone's happy and everyone's happy to play for Pablo. Uh, David, uh, Zach McMath has played pretty well in your absence so far this season. Are you concerned when you get back out there whether you're going to have that starting job waiting for you or is it going to be a competition? Have they talked to you about what it's going to be like when you're available again? Uh, no, no, they haven't talked to me about that. He is, he is doing really well. Um, you know, we have a good relationship. So, you know, he's, he's, he's played a big part in, in, in my my debut year i guess you can say last year um he he was a kind of that mentor uh, that veteran that that would just, you know give me tips and stuff um but but the way I, the way i see it myself is the only competition is myself um i know i know the qualities that i have i know how good i am i know the potential that i have uh, how good i could be in a couple of years and and the only competition right now that i have is is myself but but no for sure uh, Zach is, is definitely doing good. And, you know, if I have to, I guess, wait because he's helping the team win games, then, then I'll wait. Uh, I, think, I think my time will come uh, whenever, whenever God, God wants it to come. Uh, you know, I maintain that sports in general and certainly Major League Soccer, we don't do enough to encourage personality. And that's one of the reasons why I love watching you. I think that you are a perfect villain, uh, and you even even have admitted yourself that is something that you uh, that you kind of enjoy. Where does this where does this personality and this character and this willingness to play the villain where does this come from? Were you were you raised to look at sports much more as entertainment and yourself much more as an entertainer? <laughs> no, you know, I just I feel like I, I I just love the game so much, and I and I and I love winning, and 
And with that, I guess my personality just comes out a little bit. You know, I, I hate losing and I get frustrated when I lose. Um, so I win. So when we when I win, I like to kind of celebrate it in, in my unique way, I guess you can say. And 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 yeah, to a lot of people, it might come out as cocky, but but to me, it's just it's just the confidence that I have and 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 the winning mentality that I have. Do do you get off though when you when you get that interaction and when you when you poke somebody in essence and you 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 elicit a reaction out there from a fan base, whether it's a good save or whether it's, you know, in front of an away crowd and, and stuffing it back in the, in their face in essence. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I love that. You know, I like, like, for example, the, the game in Seattle, um, you know, the whole 90 minutes, uh, the, the fans would boo me the you know, every time I touched the ball and, and something in me knew that, 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 that was honestly just going to come out on top and, 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 you know, win and, and that I was going to have a great game. Um, so I kind of just focused on myself, kind of try to cancel out that noise. And then once that opportunity rose where, where, you know, I saved the PK and, and, and that was one of the big factors while you won, I would say, um, I made sure to, you know, clap back a little bit and, and have, have some of my fun because, you know, they were having fun with me. So it was my turn to have fun. You mentioned that Seattle game. We know you've done so well under Pablo Mascherani, but how strange was that Freddie Juarez situation? What was your reaction to finding out that your coach was leaving to be an assistant with another team? And did that make that win in Seattle even sweeter? Yeah. You know, I, I, me, and Paul, me and Freddie have a great relationship. So, you know, if anything, it, it kind of affected me a little bit, uh, him leaving. You know, I wanted him to stay, obviously. Um, but, but no, I mean, Last year in general was just such a such a weird year for us, um, you know, not having an owner and and then to to mess it up a little more with Freddie leaving halfway through the year. Um, it, it sucked for me, you know. I felt like I had a good relationship with him. Um, so I mean, maybe some of the other guys could could have a different opinion, and maybe they enjoyed beating him. But for for me, it was more like you know he was one of my mentors and and one of the guys who believed in me from the, from the start. So it was tough, tough to see him go. Let's transition a little bit to uh, the international game and, and in Mexico in particular. I'm always fascinated and, and we deal with this now on a, a seemingly consistent basis where players have options and the, the thought process that goes into ultimately deciding where you want to play. Can you take us back and, and, and get us into your mind a little bit about why you felt that this was the choice that you wanted to make? It was it was definitely a, a tough choice. Um, even you know a year before, I would say maybe in a year a year and a half before uh, I made the decision. Uh, you know both teams were already talking to me. Um, I had the Mexican Federation already talking to me uh, a year and a half beforehand, and you know I was already thinking thinking of it. I, I knew that the 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 time was my time was kind of running out, and that that I would have to make a decision. Um, so I made sure to to kind of take, take my time through that whole process and, and talk things through and with my family, most importantly, and, and also with myself where, where I felt more comfortable um, or to better say what country I felt more comfortable, you know, representing. And, and ultimately at the end of the day, it was, it was Mexico, but, but it definitely was, was not an easy choice. You know, I had a lot of good friendships throughout the, the whole U S um, youth national teams and, you know, I guess it's tough to say that I'm not going to be able to play with them again. Uh, you know, that's, that's life. And, and I had to make a, you know, a grown up, grown up decision. And, 
and for me the the best decision for me was was to represent mexico and and represent my blood and, and you know all my all my family and my grandparents you know my aunts my uncles um who who come from out there and you know sacrificed a lot for 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 me and you know my cousins to to just live here and, and live a better life so so i kind of did it for for them uh david this is probably an unfair question but i'm gonna ask it anyway uh, do you think if the U.S. had qualified to the Olympics, that might have changed your decision? If you had that competition to look forward to with the U.S., um, might that have changed your whole timetable and your whole perspective on it, perhaps? You know what? May- maybe it would have. Um, just because I would, I would think uh, I had a good, you know, qualifying tournament, and if we would have qualified, I felt like I would have an even better um, Olympics if I was even the guy to play. Um, but I mean, I, I thought of it, you know, maybe say they, they gave me the nod and I was a starting goalkeeper at the Olympics and, and you know, they really started to, to see what I can do and, and see my potential and see how, you know, how just passionate I am about the game. Um, and maybe they would have paid attention to me more and, and given me more opportunities. Um, but at the end of the day, everything happens for a reason. And, and you know, now I'm, I'm happy to, to represent Mexico and, like I said, I represent my family. All right. So you're representing Mexico, but obviously you won't be involved in the game this week. So let's turn it to uh, this this incredible matchup uh, that we see this week. Do you think, because keep in mind, the U.S. has beaten Mexico uh, three times over the last year. They're going for four. Do you think that Greg Berhalter and this U.S. team has the ability to go into the Azteca and to get a fourth win? <laughs> Um, you know, I don't think so. I don't think they will. Um, it's, it's going to, it's going to be a tough game for them. Um, you know, with the altitude and, and you know, the country and, you know, I, I would say Mexico does, does good at the Steca. So I don't, I don't think they'll come out on top. Um, um, but I mean, you never know, like a, they, they've, they've gotten some good results, uh, against Mexico. So they, they could surprise me, but, but for now I'm, I'm an, 99% sure that, that Mexico, Mexico uh, takes the win. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> um, assuming Mexico clinches a berth uh, during this window, which I think they will, I assume your goal is then to get your way to Qatar. Uh, what's your sense right now of where you are in the pecking order? Have you spoken to Tata at all? Uh, what, what do you think are your chances of ending up in that Mexico World Cup squad if, if they qualify? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, they... They they talk to me and you know they right now with my injury they they reach out to me every week to just see see how I'm progressing you know they believe in me and you know of, of course I definitely want to be in Qatar um, so right now I mean I'm not really like I told you I'm competing with myself I'm just making uh, making sure that I come back 100 um, percent and then give myself a good opportunity to to make that World Cup uh, I, I I do think that I'm I'm capable of it I, I do think that I'm ready for it as well. Um, but I mean, we'll see. It's it's all in God's hands now. So hopefully, I'm couple, there. A couple more questions, and then we'll let you go. I, I want to circle back to your to your decision. If you were giving advice to the United States Soccer Federation in terms of how to go about, I mean, let's be honest. It's it's a recruiting process, if you will. What would what would be some of the things that you think are important when you sit down with someone like you and that that player's parents and talk about why? they should play for, in this case, we're talking about the U.S. or, or Mexico for that matter. What do you think is important in those moments? No, I mean, I, I think it's, it's more just opportunities. Um, I felt uh, that I wasn't 
getting as much as opportunities as I deserved. Um, I, I saw my quality and, you know, I saw how good I was and how good I can be, which is most importantly. Um, so I would just say it's just opportunities. If you really, if you really believe in, in, in that certain player and if you really want him to, to represent the U.S., then, you know, show him and, and give him opportunities. As we saw with Pepe, you know, no one... No one really th thought that he would break through the way he did, and you know they they just he just needed that one opportunity, and and he took advantage of it, and and you know I would say he's he's a a, a good um, he's going to be a good player for them in in the future. Uh, I saw what he can do in the U teams, and 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 now for him to do it in the you know in the big stages, it it makes me it makes me happy for him uh, just because I know him personally, but. But I mean, like I said, it's it's just the opportunities. If if you really believe in him, give him give him the opportunities. Uh, in in terms of the dynamic between MLS and League MX, it's interesting because at the international level, you're now on Mexico's side, but at club level, you're on the MLS side of that debate. Uh, we're in the middle of another CCL campaign. A lot of conversation about has MLS caught up or perhaps even surpassed League MX. What do your Mexican friends say about MLS? What, what do you think is the perception of MLS in Mexico right now? No, I, I mean, they definitely think that it's a, it's a good league. Um, some would say it's better than, you know, Mexico. Maybe not because of the quality. Um, you know, I would still say the quality is better in, in, in Mexico, but more for, for how it's set up here in MLS and, and more, more the, you know, the country that it is, how safe it is, um, how safe it could be for the for their children. As, as we saw with, with, you know, Hector Herrera, you know, I, I got to talk to him a little bit when I was, when I spent a, a week with him. And I mean, he was, he was saying that he's, he's saying, you know, he wants a good life for his children and, and a safe one. Um, so I think that's, that's what players think. Um, and for me personally, I mean, I would love to stay in MLS. Uh, my fam all my family's in the, in the U.S. And, you know, I would love to, to play and kind of be that Mexican Mexican uh, role model, I guess you could say, in, in the league, just to, to help kids like me who are, who are not, who are of Mexican descent, but, but born here in the U.S. because there's a lot of us. Um, and, you know, even for, for example, that tournament that's coming up next year, like I'm, I'm super excited. I grew up watching the Mexican league and, you know, I, I can't wait to, to get in those games and, and just kind of live my dream a little bit. So... All right, well, let's finish it off here with some history. And I'm going to put you on the spot here because, you know, who knows, maybe in the future we're going to see you in the, uh, in the goal for El Tree here. But if you have to pick, you can only pick one, Memo Ochoa or Jorge Campos? Memo Ochoa. I, I, wasn't, I, was too, I was too young when Jorge Campos was playing. But I, I think my dad would say otherwise. I think my dad would choose Jorge Campos. <laughs> My friend, knowing you and, and watching you and hearing you, I actually think uh, when it comes to personality-wise, uh, you would have loved to hang out with Jorge Campos. <laughs> no, <laughs> wonderful man, goalkeeper, he, a wonderful personality, too. He gave me a call the other day. And, you Did know, he really? He was, yeah, he was, he was an outstanding person. He was very outgoing, and it was, it was a great conversation. We spoke for like 30 minutes, you know, just, just having laughs and, and all that stuff, so... He's a he's a great guy. I, I it sucks that, that I wasn't able to see him play, um, you know. But my dad always tells me all the stories and you know how good how good he was. So it was good to finally meet him. 
Well, we are very fortunate to see you play and you make our job uh, over here at Fox and uh, in, in television so much easier because, uh, you know, of the great personality and the great talent uh, that you are. And we're wishing you all the luck going forward, whether it's with RSL uh, and the team's already, like you said, off to a great start. And then uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, with El Tree. David, thank you so much for coming on the State of the Union. Yep. Thank you guys for having me. All right. The great David Ochoa on a special edition of the State of the Union podcast. Yeah.